Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Hey, you guys, today was really, really good. For the next six weeks, or yes, we are going to, I was going to say five, but actually it's six weeks. We're going to spend our time in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to study the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to tell you what's really unique about these six chapters, uh, the book of Ephesians. Most of the letters or the books that Paul wrote He was doing it addressing a problem. For example, in Romans, he clearly was addressing by faith alone, through uh, grace alone, by faith alone in the word of God. In Corinthians, he was dealing with mismanagement of spiritual gifts and impartations and living one way in their lives and another way when they would go and worship God. He dealt with that. In Galatians, he's dealing with the Judaizers, people who were trying to put the law over grace. In Colossians, the Gnostics, they they had a higher form of spirituality while really struggling, uh, admitting and recognizing Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Man. However, when it comes to Ephesians, there is no problem. It's six chapters of Paul putting seeds in images to build a great church. And I would say any church in the last 2,000 years that became great, and I want to use that word, become great, became great, because those are our words. We believe, we become, we build. Any church that became great in the past, I promise you, they have had the seeds of the book to the Ephesians or the letter to the church at Ephesus. But I want to say this, uh, in the past few days, God really put it on my heart, something for us. And I'm very excited about this because we're family. We do life together. We worship God together. What is it if we build a great church because we have the seeds of the book of Ephesians, but we don't grow great people? And I've been pondering about this. Buildings don't make people. Computers don't make people. God creates and makes people. And for me, I don't want to live busier. I want to live better. Did you hear what I said? I want to live better. And in this book, you're going to see where we can grow. And what is it if you're born again, your spirit has been awakened, you're enlightened. However, your personality, your mind, your soul is undeveloped. And I just want to say something very clear. At the age of 62, I do not think you could be spiritually powerful and emotionally immature. Let me just say that again. I think it's impossible to be spiritually powerful and emotionally immature. And I can tell you what I'm doing in the next six weeks, a goal of mine, I am seeking spiritual formation. I am seeking the God who began a good work in me. He is going to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. It's spring's coming. It's well in the air. Well, I want to begin to rebuild, reform fashion, and I'd like you to maybe write this down. I want my soul to be crafted by God. I believe this church will discover her identity as we discover who God is, and we begin to see his image of the church in the book of Ephesians. And I want to say, how do you and I really know who we are? For us to understand our identity, we need to know who God is and who we were made to be. I believe this, the the question that lies at the heart of the letter to the Ephesians is our identity. But I want to go even further. For me, it's spiritual formation. And I want to really be, once again, I have to repeat this. I believe in this year what God is calling us to do, and I know he's calling me to do it. And I I have just been hook, line, and sinker, beginning to refresh me being spiritually formed. Because if I am shaped and formed and matured on the inside, then the outside of my life, the activity, my work, my worship, come on, the word is going to be fully alive in me. Can you say amen? Amen. 
And we really do believe that. And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to let this be a hinge verse for the rest of the messages. And I love this. This is Paul speaking. And it's verse 12 and verse 13. It says, and he said he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what? And here we go. We're going to pick up. Uh, what is the purpose for the church? It says here, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Did you see that? For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, underline that, a perfect human being, a perfect person to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you know what Ephesians is about? It's about growing up. And I don't know about you, I want to grow. And one thing is you age, if you're a young person out there, I, can you believe it? I was in my teens, I was in my 20s, I was in my 30s, I was in my 40s. Lo and behold, seemed like yesterday I was in my 50s, I'm now in my 60s. And I could tell you one of the worst things about getting older is when people stop growing. I want to develop from the inside out to live a better life. And so the key word right there is until we come to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. I want to be fully developed. Can you say amen? I want us now, let's do this. Let's go to Philippians 4.12. And I'm going to read this from the NIV. This is Philippians 4.12. And I love this. Paul says, I have learned the secret. Say that with me. I have learned the secret. Say it again. I have I have learned the secret, Paul says. And it's not just a secret on how to get your way, how to become wealthy. It is the secret of being formed from the inside out. And we will know when we're fully shaped or being matured, Paul says in Philippians, I've learned the secret. Whether I have a lot or I have a little, whether I'm a base or whether I'm abounding, I have learned to be content the secret. And all I know, I think in our world today, it seems like people are more unhappy today than they were several years ago. Could it be that we need to grow the inside of our heart, our mind, and our emotions? Can you say amen? And so I want you to go to one other scripture. Go with me to Psalms 139. And as you are, when we think of grow, I think of someone who's full age, they are of a full age, complete, furnished. Uh, it means to go forward. And I believe from this point onward, if you're stuck and I'm stuck, we're going forward. And hear me. I believe one of the causes of us being underdeveloped is trauma in our lives. It causes a person to be stuck in a permanent adolescence in their mind. And after officiating, God knows, probably almost 200 weddings over a 37-year period, it's always interesting to me when a couple gets married, let's just deal with the guy, that the guy could have a degree, could be successful, has a job, has a career, uh, knows the Lord. However, their soul and their emotions are underdeveloped. And you know what that ends up being like, ladies? Have you ever gone to Vaughn's, Whole Foods? Have you ever gone to Trader Joe's? Can we have a shout out for Trader Joe's? A lot better than Whole Foods. Can I just go out there and say it? You say, why did you just do that? Whole Foods takes my whole paycheck. <laughs> and so, but listen, kid, kid you not, uh, I, why did I even bring up Whole Foods? I don't even know. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Becky. You always help me. When you go to Trader Joe's, ladies, you can have a cart that has three good wheels. And it could be his job. It could be his education. Another one could even be his muscles. However, if he has one of those little wheels that's like a demon always doing that, I don't care how much you pray over him, his soul is underdeveloped and it's like a wheel that always gets stuck on things it shouldn't get stuck on. It's a major sign. Never, ever, 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 ladies, marry someone who's stuck on their mom's couch like Peter Pan, never wanting to grow up. 
Yeah, there's an epidemic in this nation, all right. When boys want the salary of a man, they want the respect of a man, they want the spirituality of a man, but they don't want the soul of a man. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm a dude too. All the ladies were going, yes. And the guys are going, you're throwing us under the bus. Come on. And let me just say another thing. When we talk about grow, one thing I do not like is when you're buying shoes or a shirt or anything, one size fits all. And God does not want to have one cookie cutter uh, form or pattern trying to force his people into maturity. This book has seeds that come from the mind of God. He's better than Freud. He's better than the Rogerian theory. He is God. And the seeds of this book can heal us, grow us, fulfill us, and really propel us into our destiny. Are you with me on that? And I just want to say another thing. Some people, some of us, because our souls are shrunk and they're underdeveloped, we're always asking God for more, more, more. Almost like a four-year-old want more candy right after they ate all their Easter candy, but they don't know it's going to make them ill if they keep on giving. Can I tell you the cells in, in your body and my body, if they keep growing, 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 growing past a certain point, it's called malignancy. And sometimes what happens in life when someone's career, destiny, ministry, or business grows ahead of who their soul is. No wonder they crash and burn. Wow, I said that really quick. I just wanted to get that out there. Okay. Are you at Psalms 139? Do you mind? Can we read this? All right. I'm going to Psalms 139. As we're turning, I want to say we can miss the truth of our new identity for years because we become easily distracted from our past problems in our current events that are in the world. Now, my grandmother used to say it this way, you, they can't see the forest through the trees. If we so look at our past and we become so blinded and distracted and overwhelmed by what's happening right now, we will miss our own development. I want to see this new identity that God's given. Now, I want you to write this down, and this is really true. One of my favorite worship songs is he's still working when I don't see it, when I don't feel it. God's best work, write this down. God's greatest work, you're going to write this down online, thank you. Uh, God's greatest work is done in secret. God does his best work in secret. And if you would say, what is one metaphor or picture that can compel us to spiritual formation? I would tell you it's the development of a child within the womb of a woman. And I want to take you to Psalms 139. And I want to begin to read uh, verses uh, 14 with you and 15. And David wrote these words, and here we go. Psalms 139. He says this, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Wait till you get to chapter 2, verse 10. I am his workmanship. When my wife says, baby, you're a piece of work, I said, girl, you got that right. God... <laughs> When he made me, he couldn't do any better. He broke them all, baby. Uh-uh, there's no cheap imitations of me. I'm a Louis Vuitton, one of a kind. I'm my own brand. That's why I'm wearing my Disneyland outfit right now. Now, get this one, and I love this. It says, and that my soul knows well. I want to talk to your soul these next six weeks. I want to talk to your soul. Your spirit could be strong, but if your soul is broken, you will not accomplish what God wants you to. And even if you would, it would be destroyed because of an undeveloped, immature soul. Now look at this next one, verse 15. My frame, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Did you get that? When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. So he says, when I was made in secret, everyone say secret. secret. 
I want us to do this. Go to Ephesians. I want to pull out a word that Paul, he doesn't do the word secret. He uses the word mystery. Some versions will have that word secret. And so I want you to go to Ephesians 1.9. Look for the word mystery. And I'm going to show you how God grows you and I and how we can partner with God. This is Ephesians 1.9. Having made known to us the mystery, underline that, type that out, draw attention, make your mind think of that word, of his will. Can I say God's will can be clearly known, but it is a mystery how we live that out and that will lives in us. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Go now to Ephesians chapter 3. And again, we're looking for the concept, the secret, or the mystery. We're going to look at verses 3 and 4. And, and I really have to emphasize again, God does his best work when you're unaware. When you think that you're stuck, God has been working on you, healing you. He's unsticking us that we can move on into our future. Amen. It says this, that is the mystery. There it goes again the mystery that the mystery made known to me now you know what Paul is saying this secret <clears throat> this mystery was made known to me how by revelation one of my favorite chapters in all the bible is ephesians chapter 3 and this is what paul says before 3 and 4 you can look in your bible it's right there and this is what he says he says i wasn't taught it by a man nor did i receive it from a man but i received it by revelation and the word revelation in the greek is to make known it would be like before they revealed the iphone 13 that they unveiled it it's an unveiling it's a revealing it's an uncovering and can I say without God taking the initiative we would never know him and if we do not know him our souls will remain undeveloped are you with me but I like what he says he said the mystery made known how by revelation as I have already written briefly in reading this then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Did you hear that? He said, first of all, I didn't get it from anyone. I got it by revelation. And as you read, I want to say that again, as we read, I want to say it again. It didn't say as you post on Instagram. It didn't say how many comments you made on Facebook. But if you want God to come in and do an overhaul in your soul and your personality, come on, how many of you, you want to move on to something that still holds you back. I don't want to live like I'm 16 when I'm 62. I want to be developed. I want to progress. I want to make pro uh, go forward. Are you with me? Can you say amen? Go to another one. Go here and I love this one. Go to Ephesians 5.32. And again, he says that you will understand as you read. And so I love this one. Ephesians 5.32. It says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So Christ, the church, that's where the secret or the mystery is made known. Let's go to one more. Everyone shout out mystery. mystery. Look at your neighbor, say, you want mystery lunch? Come on. How many of you ever had mystery dinner? mystery lunch that's when your wife has leftovers and it's a mystery are you with me it's outside our realm of comprehension let's go one more ephesians 6 19 or 6 9 here we go i think it's 6 19 and for me that utterance may be given to me and that's what we hope when we preach uh why that i may open my mouth with confidence boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel did you get get that to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, I want to do this. I want to give you a definition, a working definition of this Greek word that is six times in the book of Ephesians. Six chapters, six mystery. You have the mystery of the church, the mystery of his will, the mystery not only of the church, his will, the mystery of God's purpose in us. Unbelievable. The mystery of the written word, the mystery of Paul saying as we read it, simply reading it, hear me, when we 
read our Bibles. This is not like reading a cookbook or a self-help book where you go and you work on yourself. This is a world of revelation that when we read it, you, you step into a world that is so much larger on a different time scale. And the God who authored us, created us, begins to redeem us, not only in our heart. I know my soul is saved. I know my spirit saved. I want my soul to be saved. Are you hearing me? I want to become whole. I want to be who God created me to be. Now, I want to give you this. This is what the Vines Dictionary says of mystery. Being outside the range of unassisted natural apprehension. Did you get that? So it's outside the smartest mind in the world. So if it's Elon Musk, if it's Jeff Bezos, if it was, I don't know, Albert Einstein, they still couldn't get this revelation. It does not matter how smart you are, where you went to school, how wealthy you are, only God can give us this insight. And it says this, can be made known, and this is a key word in uh, Ephesians, made known. And it says, can be made known only by divine revelation, and is made known in the manner, and at the time, a by God to those who only who are illuminated by his spirit now I want you to write this down say knowledge withheld I'm gonna do it again say knowledge withheld truth revealed say knowledge withheld truth revealed one time Becky and I went out with a couple I think it was on Main Street, they had the train cart. You know what I'm talking about? It used to be a restaurant. And you could go, not every time, but they would have a mystery. And they would act out, and you have to figure out who uh, committed the crime. At the end, I always get it wrong. And usually when we think of mystery in the natural, we think of information being withheld. And so it's the butler. No, it's the cook. No, it's his wife. No, he did it, you know. And I get it wrong. Becky's pretty good about solving uh, those type of mysteries. And so when we talk about mystery, it's not about knowledge being withheld. Now, let me just say this. God longs to give us not just knowledge. You see, the first situation or sin that came to the first couple, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you see, the first lie of the devil is that God is holding out on us. He's not given us what we need. So what did the snake say, the serpent? He said, God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will become like him. Well, wait a minute. They were already like God. They were made in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And so what was he doing? He was using a lie on the character of God. And still today, you mark my words, if someone rejects God, they don't think he has their best interests in mind, in their heart. God does not withhold information that is going to heal us, save us, but God will withhold information that will destroy us, okay? And let me just tell you one of the, I think the greatest way we grow, and it's a passion of mine, spiritual formation. My mom and dad were not believers, and we re they were amazing parents, but they didn't raise us knowing God. But when I was born again at the age of 20, I had a desire by the next day, and I'm going to give you four words, and it happened. That night, I was sitting in the very back, it was a Sunday night, and I ran forward to the front of this church, and it was a crazy church. God knows it wasn't quite like the Catholic church. You know, it's like, where's the statues? Where are the candle? And, and no one's in this, but they're lifting their hands. They're going crazy, and people are loud, and it's like, whoa, I've never been to this type of church. But when I ran down front and I was prayed for, literally, I fell to the floor and to my knees, and I had an encounter with God, and immediately, my spirit was awakened. Now, John 3 says that is being born again. And, and in that moment, I want you to know this. I knew God was for me. God was not withholding anything from me. But God wanted to reveal who he is to and through me. And so immediately the next day, you guys, they didn't have Amazon. I know you're going to freak out. You go, well, where did you get your Bible? Did you go to Amazon? How about Google, eBay? No, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. I went to this thing. It was called a Christian bookstore. 
I think it was called Word of Life, Bread for Living. I mean, it was one of those kind of homeschooling names, right? And so I went to the Christian bookstore and I got a Bible. No one told me to start reading my Bible, but all of a sudden, let me just say something to you. My grandbaby, I just held my Abishai Jude Fuquay, and Jake has brown eyes. His wife, all her family has brown eyes. Becky and her family have brownish, greenish eyes, but it's brown. Jude, Jake, I mean, John and I have blue eyes. Jake's two boys have blue eyes. I was holding Abishai on Thursday and it was outside and I looked, I swear to you, I think he has my dad's green eyes. If he has blue, it's me and my mom's eyes. But if it's green, it's daddy's eyes. So I was looking at his face and I thought, dear Lord, daddy, I'm looking in your eyes again. And now I'm gonna get to see you grow up. And I'm, I, I'm gonna be a good granddad to you, daddy. Now, let me tell you one of the most compelling things is to see how a baby is formed. And when Paul begins to write these images in Ephesians, he will have nothing of old school religion. He's not going to go the way of forcing people behavior modification to get them to act right. You come to church now, you have to clean your mouth up. I remember I led my sister to the Lord right before I did. She came to Christian University, was going to spend only five days. I waited till we got on the plane and I said, hey, clean up the potty mouth. Dear Lord, she started cursing right on that nice flight. The whole planes heard it. And, and so she goes, I'd have never came. But guess what? That next night, she got born again. And all of a sudden, she wanted, she desired something. It's called hunger. One of the greatest signs that our spirit has made alive. We want something more than we've been eating. I don't want to swallow what the world is swallowing. There's something more to shape our souls that we don't have to be so busy but we could become better who God created us to be amen and so I want you to write these four words down number one is word and for me God never builds a great church let me rephrase that because and I really mean this our church something's happened with us Something's happened with the City Church California last two years. And I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people are losing their souls during COVID and what's happened, a global pandemic, inflation. But I want you to know, I look at most of you and I'm saying, and even myself, you say, do you still have areas you need to grow? You better believe it. But I want you to know right now, the thing that started this desire to mature and to grow and to have spiritual formation are these words. I don't think anyone could ever be born again, grow spiritually or develop your soul without this. I'm telling you, I want my soul to be crafted. I don't want one size fits all at Target. I want God to go to the Nordstrom of heaven and begin to work the soul that you created for me before I took my first breath. Before I did good or bad, I want that soul to come. I want to work with God in the invisible place and allow him through his word to create a new soul within me. Amen? So I want you to just write out the word word. The next one is work. What I am seeing with millennials and even some Zs, and, and I don't know, a few people my age, and I just want to say you could always tell when someone's soul is not growing the way they handle their job. And you see, God never just called us to go to church. He put me and you in this world, number one, that we would grow through his word. And Paul said, you will understand my insight as you read. And when it, what happens? Something happens to the human soul when you begin to feed it with the word of God. The next one, how you handle your job. You see, as an immature person, when I first got into the work uh, uh, force, I, if I didn't get my way, I would kind of throw a little bit of a tantrum, slight, not much. It was like the kid playing baseball in the neighborhood. If they change the rules, I got my bat, I got my glove, I got my ball, and it's like, I'm out of here. Can I say in life, we will know in the world, hear me, Washington, D.C., California, Ventura, our church, your job, your family. I could say right now, we will not grow as a nation if we do not have people who are believers who are allowing God to grow them through their job. 
see, I, I don't know if you're going to grow if you're only in a prayer meeting. And I'm a prayer person. I'm a prayer geek. But you know what? You know how you know you're growing? is when you leave that prayer meeting and you go to work and you act differently than you used to act. You don't, you're not defensive. You're not taking it personally. When someone curses you, you can pray for them. When they harm you, you can bless them. Why? Because something is happening in my soul. It's one thing to have a strong spirit, but to have an immature soul, your soul will win all the time and you're going to be bullied by that shopping cart called living. Are you with me on that? And so I want to give you this. Everyone say word, say work, say this one, say word. I'm sorry, work. Okay. And I put this other W down, but I forgot which one it is. Okay. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. 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 Everyone say world. Everyone who's desiring to move to Texas. I have a statement I want to say. Or Montana. Or someone where it's so remote. If someone moves to a place like Texas simply because they think it's going to be easier to live as a Christian, they haven't read the New Testament. They haven't read Paul. He said, I was beat, I was struck down, I was in prison, I went without food, I was crut, but I'm not in despair. Why? Something happened in his soul. And can I tell you right now, people who are moving to Texas, they have a Baptist church on every corner in Texas. You're not going to be a missionary, you're going to be a refugee. If you live in California, you're a missionary because there are no churches. So let me tell you, you could tell when someone can have a strong spirit, hear me, our soul becomes undeveloped. One of the greatest ways your soul and my soul uh, becomes developed is by living in the world. Jesus said, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but you keep them in the world and you will remind them, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. A major phrase in Ephesians is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And how do we get in Christ? Through the word. Come on. When do we need to be in Christ? When I go to work. How can I have power over this world? When I'm in Jesus Christ who's overcome the world. Come on. And then so everyone say work. No, say word. Work. World. And this is the last thing, worship. Worship. And I love what he says. And I'm going to read this as we end. I bow my knee. This is what he says. Un Unbelievable Paul. He says, therefore, also after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so what is that truth reveal God's not holding anything out on you and me God is not a he's not just uh, an ogre he is not a miser he's not holding out God's hand of knowledge and insight is open for all to see and you say how does it come through the word through work through living in this world that we bring change to this world then we begin to worship and he says this I bow my knee to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may know the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of the uh, of his power towards us who believe according to his mighty mighty power can you say amen okay i want to tell you that my favorite thing the band's going to come up one of my favorite things that i've ever witnessed as a human being i so wanted becky to be pregnant and thus she got pregnant. And I'll never forget, we went and bought one of those tests. And it turned pink so right away. And I was so happy. And at church, I went and I said, we're pregnant. She kind of elbowed me. She goes, you're not pregnant. 
She said, actually, you have very little to do with this. I'm pregnant and I will grow the baby in my body, deliver the baby with my body, nurse the baby with my body. So what? Now you're saying, what are you? (laughs) No, you did very little with this thing called birthing. One of the greatest experiences of my life, and I know Becky will say it to you. We went to that OBGYN. It was in 1989. She had first conceived Jude. It was probably around September, October. So now we're looking about January, February, whatever it was, four to five months. I kid you not, when we went, well, actually we went, I think the first time we saw the ultrasound, it was about six weeks. I saw it. I saw it. I saw his heartbeat. Yesterday, Jude FaceTimed me about two or three times because Lucy wanted to talk to me. And so when I come, my face comes on the FaceTime. She goes, Jude, it's me, Lucy. I go, babe, I love you. I said, can I send you some money on Venmo? I just got Venmo, guys. It's dangerous because you will be sending money as if you're a cash cow. It's like, where did my money go? You sent it away. Jude would FaceTime me again, but each time when his face would come on, you know what I would say? Jill, I love you so much. And that love hit me. That day, we walked in to that office I never saw your face. I didn't know what color eyes you would have. We wouldn't know your height, but I watched you grow in your mother's womb. And when you go, there's the head. I'll never forget the time we went, oh, it's a boy. We were so, so happy. And we saw him develop. In birth, David really is telling us a picture of what Paul is speaking about. And he's talking about growing, maturing, and crafting our own soul. And my spirit is strong. My spirit is right. I'm not saying that arrogantly. But I'll tell you what needs work. It's my personality. It's my own soul. And I'm finding that even in my own personality, my soul, there are things because of the past, trauma in the present day, I find myself in an undeveloped cul-de-sac, almost like a child. You see, Becky was pregnant before Jude, and that baby at one point stopped developing, stopped growing, and so she would miscarry. And can I say what I don't want to do? God birthed his son Christ in my heart, and Jesus is there, I promise you. And I don't know what I would do without Christ in my heart. However, I do not want to miscarry the very beautiful, redemptive work of God in my spirit because I've not allowed these words, these seed words to come into my mind and develop a whole person. And I don't know who you are, but if you've had trauma, and I'm speaking to some men, I want you to know Anthony here, he has a men's group. I saw it on Facebook. You should see the men lined up shoulder to shoulder. You see, we as men, we we really don't talk that much. We may not even cry, but we can live with a soul that's underdeveloped. And maybe our spouses, our family, our friends, they don't know why we're not doing as well at work or doing so well living in this thing called the world and where our worship can be really where it comes out of our mouth, but our soul can be far from what we're experiencing. I want a soul. And I know this, that Ephesian, it knows how to grow good churches. And you know what a church needs to be? Just like a family, just like a man or a woman or teenagers. I want to walk and live with Jesus for all the days of my life, not just one season. And to do that, I have to allow these concepts. You know what they call Ephesians, Roy? The bank of the believer. 
And I've just been figuring lately that my soul has insufficient funds. Well, there's enough bank in these six chapters that I can go to that ATM called the letter to the church at Ephesus and I could put in the pin number J-E-S-U-S my Lord, my Savior. God, I need some help in this area of my soul. I want it developed. I don't want just a strong spirit, I mean a, an alive spirit. I want my soul to be strong and healthy that I could fulfill God's mission for me on this earth because my spiritual formation isn't just for me. We're not just going to be five intercessors in a room scared of the world. I mean, oh, I'm so scared of the world and big, bad boogeyman. No, it's time to turn on the lights in the world. Can I say, you know what it is? It's like a child. I've seen men and women doing this that are adults, that are empty nesters. Maybe, you know, why do people go and have an affair? Why do people change jobs and they can't uh, keep to a steady career? Could it be that their spirit is born again and forgiven, but their soul has never been developed enough to see that we are here to change the world? I cannot change the world if I'm constantly being changed by the world. I am here to bring change in this world. And the world needs her soul to be healed. Can you say amen? And so I really, really want that. But my spiritual formation is for other people. And so how can you tell I'm growing? Well, I've always had a fascination with monks. I just finished a course for Theos University, modern monk, practicing the ways of Jesus in a modern world. I am so fascinated by nuns, priests, and monks. I just think life would be a lot easier if I was in a monastery. Shh, don't talk to me, it's quiet time. Oh my God. Try that one with a three-year-old, a two-year-old and an infant. Shh, quiet hours now as we go through the rosary. I mean, come on. Can I say the people you live with are not the only moody people on this earth? And I am convinced that convents and nunneries and abbots, they probably have some moody people out there too. Come on. I want my spiritual formation to be for others. I want to see the world touched. Amen. You may stand up. Stand up. The type of lymphoma that Becky had in your body and my body, we have B cells. And actually, B cell, every cell, A cell, T cell, C cell, they have a purpose. That's what I love about Paul. In this letter, if you read, you could read each chapter and take a break on Sunday. There's only six. So Monday, tomorrow, do one, then two, three, four, five, six will be on Saturday. But chapter one, if you ever read my English 101 papers in college, you would laugh. They had a lot of red ink on these papers. In almost every paper that I wrote in English 101, it had these two common things. Too many run-on sentences. She said, your paper is filled with run-ons and fragments. I said, exactly, and that's how I think. (laughs) Then my undeveloped soul said something. Paul is worse than I am. Several years ago, a known person in the body of Christ around the world said, will you be my memory partner? I said, sure. Will you memorize Ephesians? And so six weeks later, she was already on Ephesians chapter 3. She called my cell phone, and I saw that it was certain. It's like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to answer this because I'm still on chapter one. <laughs> so she said, hey, I'm on chapter three. She said, where are you? And I go, okay. It's the run-on sentence in chapter one. He starts in verse three and goes all the way pretty much to the end. 
And in the Greek, it just goes on and on and on. It's beyond a run-on sentence. But all I can tell you that God, you can say this in the next six weeks. What if I give you a promise that you and I work on our soul? That we are going to craft with God in these words that are eternal. And we are going to come against the dark forces of hell that lie to the original humanity that God is withholding because he is not information withholder. He is a truth revealer. And when I don't tell Rio, who's three years old, about how his dad was conceived or he was conceived at the age of three, I am not being a devil if I withhold it I'm not withholding it it's just not time for him to handle such a revelation are you with me and God is a good God and he knows when you need the revelation so if you haven't got what you think you should get it may not be time for that revelation we just need to walk in what God has shown us right now can you say amen on that well give the Lord a shout and a hand clap Okay, this is where maturity is required in the days we live in. Now, let me go back to Becky, B-cell. What had happened with the B-cell lymphoma, her DNA chain, her body could not tell that B-cell stop. And that's what malignancy is. That the body, it doesn't, it just rapidly reproduces and it takes over. You know, when we say grow, not all growth is good. I have seen people that prayed and prayed and believed and believed and confessed and confessed to get the bigger job, the bigger promotion, but their soul capacity wasn't there. And when it destroyed their lives and destroyed their homes and it destroyed them, and it took them 10 years to get back where they were before they had the position. Can I tell you right now, I wanna be able to, wherever God's taken me and created me, I want my soul to be able to handle that. I don't want a soul that's out of control. I do not want to be, and I'm just going to tell you, sometimes I could get intense. I think you know that anyone who wears this outfit on a Sunday has a problem, you know, but I don't want that to control me because when something is controlling me, it means my soul needs to grow. That's why we have grow classes. Amen. How many of you have a soul that needs to grow? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you really, you need to meet with Anthony and Darlene. That's all I'll say. Okay, will you pray with me? Jesus, we come and you live so big in our hearts. It's sometimes in our soul, we could become so small. God, I don't want my spirit to be big as the heavens and my soul to be small as an ant. God, I want my soul to open up and I want my soul to open up through your word. God, I pray your word would be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God, I pray when my soul clings to the dust of this earth and I am just clinking, trying to make it and I'm angry and I'm trying to process. God, I pray you would revive me according to your word. God, I pray we would hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against not only you but our own development oh God Lord we do not want to be those who God continue to age in our life but we do not grow mature or come a full age in our personality in our soul God we pray this day that beloved I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your what not your spirit but even as your soul prospers I come now and I speak soul health I speak soul prosperity. I seek right now the development of men and women's soul. I believe when our souls are developed, we'll be better dads and better moms and better spouses and better workers. God, the workforce needs people who have a developed soul, oh Lord. God, our world needs to see men and women, God, that have a Christ in them, that they're able to overcome the world. But God, I pray our worship 
hardship will flood this city and this state in our generation and that the worship of Almighty God would come over and seep and splash into our personality, O oh Lord. God, I come against the lie that you're withholding something from us. God is a truth revealer. God is not a truth withholder. God, right now, give us revelation of who Jesus is in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. I heal you right now. I heal you right now. Some of you, the trauma is overwhelming. No, people don't even know the pain and the brokenness. I come now and I heal you. I heal you. You need counseling, it's good. I've gone to counseling for six years. You say, why? I wanted my soul to be developed. God desires us to be whole. And I speak that right now. You will be complete in your soul, in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in Jesus' name. Now, when I count to three, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as number one, the Lord, the driving force, not just this Sunday, but every day, every thought, bringing it into the beauty of the mind of Jesus Christ, on the count of three, you're gonna raise your hand. You're going to say, God, I commit my whole life to you on three. One, again, on three, you'll raise your hand. Two, and here we go. Three, right now, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you right here. Stomp, shout, cheer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Forgive me. Come into my heart. God, when I sin, I become less human. And my soul is stunted in its growth. So forgive me, God. But more than that, redeem me. And make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.